Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown got it started. Malcolm Brogdon said, I'm going to finish this thing. The Celtics do have a dip, but they hold on and blow out the Washington Wizards. Going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Let's try that again. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where it is your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast. Wherever a podcast exists, including YouTube, so subscribe wherever you would prefer to get this podcast. I do appreciate you making this your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I'm a former professional basketball player. I'm also an author. I wrote the book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I'm here in a room in the garden because I'm not out in the garden because it's now a hockey rink instead of a basketball court. So I'm, I'm here in one of the other rooms. There is a creepy clown behind me. You can see him on YouTube and uh, other decorations, which have been uh, torn from the wall, but whatever we're here after the Celtics tore apart the Washington wizards, one twelve to 94. And I'm going to bring in my buddy, Tom Westerholm to help discuss uh, this game. Hey Tom, how are you buddy? I'm good, man. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like in kind of the same way that we sometimes accidentally jump in on like the Locked On Bruins podcast, like you're jumping yeah. in on the uh, TD Garden Bruins. Yeah. Um, in a way here. Yeah. yeah. yeah, it, yeah, yeah it feels yeah. very similar. It is. It's very, it's very much the same thing. I, I'm like walking <laughs> around with my backpack open and I'm like, okay, where, where can I go put this where A, I can do this and have it sound somewhat okay. And B, have it not be like a generic white, like cinder block background. So this is where I found. And so here we are. And uh, the Celtics are now four and two after a surprising battle between two, three and two teams. I wasn't expecting the Wizards to be three and two. That's true. Coming into this game. Uh, it looked like this was going to be a blowout from the beginning. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown combined for 27 points in the first quarter. Oh, by the way, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. I have to make sure I say that today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. It has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And the Celtics started, the Celtics game started with 27 combined points, 16 from Jalen Brown. Jalen had outscored the Wizards in the first quarter, first quarter 16 to 15. Tatum had added the 11. Uh, basically, a perfect start to this game in the first quarter. And I, you know, I thought from there it was going to be like just a cakewalk. But that first quarter, Tatum and Brown, I, I don't think a lot of teams can survive that kind of punch from Tatum and Brown. Well, I think the other if, – if you said before the game that Tatum and Brown were going to throw that kind of punch, and then you added that for the first three quarters, the Wizards were going to shoot three for 23 from three-point range, yeah, you would have thought this was going to be a 60-point game. Yeah, like I, – but I think overall, I think you're right. I mean, like, it's it's one of the – one of the really impressive things about this duo, right, is that like you, you come out like Tatum hits the first two threes and you're like, geez, oh gosh, this guy, this sucks. I hate guarding this guy. 
And then, you know, Jalen, like, you know, spins around a guy with this, like, you know, like this very, like, calm, under control move. And then awesome. he hit, he hits a bunch of threes and you're just like, I, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. And then, you know, the poor Wizards, they, they do a pretty good job. The rest of the, like, like th- those guys don't keep going off. Right. And then it's like, okay, but now we got to deal with Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench and just, you know, pouring <laughs> 23 points um, in as well. So, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, the, the game ended up, you know, which I suspect you're about to get to, the game ended up being a lot closer than than you kind of would have thought. But, I mean, the Celtics just way too many weapons for a team like the Wizards, especially when, you know, each one of those guys can kind of take over for a quarter. Yeah, and I, I do want to fold in because I didn't. I ended up not doing a podcast after the the, the Cleveland loss because <laughs> that game went so long. I had, to get my, <laughs> I had to get back to my car and get back home, and it just by that time I just couldn't do the podcast. So apologies to the people who might have been expecting a post game podcast. We'll fold that into what we're talking about here. And after a loss like that to the Cavaliers, first of all, you're happy to see this type of opening. Um, and it was just, it was kind of wild. It was a weird first quarter in that Tatum and Brown took all the shots until the bench came in. They, not only were they, did they combine for 27 points, they also combined to take every single shot. And you don't normally, you don't normally see that. You normally see the ball moving a little bit more, but, uh, the way they were playing early on, it just felt like, uh, this was this was going to be a game dominated by these two stars, uh, but but that second quarter there was there was that lull. They gave up eight offensive rebounds in the second quarter, and that goes back to that Cleveland game. If if they had just gone and and handled that second quarter with you know just just boxing out and just not giving the Wizards those second chances and moving the ball. And and getting good shots, if they had continued to do what they would normally do, you would have seen you would have seen full fourth quarter garbage time. You wouldn't have seen Tatum and Brown reinserted in the fourth quarter. And and yeah, hooray for Malcolm Brogdon. We'll get more into Malcolm Brogdon, you know, for for scoring nine straight points in the third quarter and and turning a twelve point game into a twenty one point game, but also. There, there's like a good and a bad here, but you're right. The game was closer than it had to be because in the second quarter, the Celtics still continue to have this thing where they say, oh, okay, oh, we're up big. Okay, we're cool. And then they get too cool, and the Washington Wizards, who are going to end up being not good, that's even they come back, and, and any team in the East, I think, is going to be able to come back in those situations. Well, I think just about, I mean, there's some Western Conference teams that I'm not 100% sure about, but just about any team in the NBA could, right? Like, like that. that's just the nature. I, I do think that there is something to the idea that it's just, I mean, it's just so hard to go end to end with a blowout, right? Like, you know, it's like, it's, there's, there's so much talent in yeah. the NBA that it's just like, like, you can call it a letdown if you want. You can like, you know, yell at guys for, for not, you know, for, for, you know, just kind of taking bad shots or, or whatever, whatever might be the case, but like just teams are really good. Players are really good. It's really hard to just really stomp somebody for, for four quarters. And honestly, I think, I think one of the things, I think we may have talked about this before, but I think that's one of the reasons why the Celtics blew out, you know, like 
even even against these bad teams, you get out to a start like that and you think to yourself, oh, this team isn't that good. And and the truth of the matter is that like, yeah, like, I mean, Rui Hachimura is not like an NBA all-star, but he's an NBA player. And like, he can, he can do some things. Porzingis is a very large man and can do some things. And like, you know, there are ways to exploit these uh, kind of these um, deficiencies on the Celtics roster. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think I, I honestly think that's one of the reasons why the Celtics blew out the Sixers so bad last year. They had to they thought they had to stay up for that whole game. Right. Like, yeah, you, you get into that game and you're, you're prepped to play for an entire game against the Wizards. You kind of feel like, OK, we're probably going to win this one. You get out to a start like that and it's like, OK, we're definitely going to win this one. It's just so hard to keep your foot on the gas. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to turn this into a negative podcast because, of course not. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, they 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 ended up winning this game pretty easily and they had a 25-point lead. Uh, but it is coming off the heels of two games where they didn't do that. Right, they, exactly. They, they felt like they could cruise by the Bulls and they didn't. And they felt like they could cruise by the Cavs and they didn't. And they, I think they're... Okay, they're four and two, and that's about where I expected them to be at this point in the season. I expected them to be about four and two. So nothing about what's happening here is is out of the ordinary to me. However, the lesson is still there that you do you do have to find a way to be more consistent in these games. And you're right, it's hard. 48 minutes of basketball is hard, and there's gonna be a lull. I don't mind that teams make these runs. I that this is going to happen. Teams are good. NBA players are really good. So they're going to make these runs for sure. What I don't like is when the Celtics kind of help them make the runs because when the Celtics in the second in the second quarter they made eight baskets and they had uh 7 assists. But they were what? 8 for 22 I think in the second quarter. They when they moved the ball, they scored buckets. Right. When they didn't move the ball, the shots didn't fall. And and that's not always going to be the case because Tatum and Brown and, and those guys were in the game. And, and the, these guys are going to end up making shots. Sometimes you one pass and the shot goes in and, and you're just like, oh, okay, they, they made the shot. And you just say, all right, great. They made the shot. You, got, you better make the shot if you're going to take it that quick. But the the lessons have been taught to them pretty quickly, pretty repeatedly in just six games. If you let your foot off the gas defensively, all of these teams are going to make a comeback. If you stop moving the ball offensively, you're going to stop scoring, generally speaking. So they have to understand that, okay, we might we might say we're going to take our foot off the gas, but take your foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. When, right, you're up, right. when you're up 20 something, like right. don't, don't sit there after one quarter and say, okay, we got this. You get through the second quarter, get through halftime, get into the third quarter. Now you're rested, come out in the third quarter and lay the hammer down. And then you can start to cruise. And maybe you're giving up, you know, maybe it's a 30 point lead that drops to 20 and you guys are going to start calling timeouts. And then at least that's a little bit more understandable. Second quarter early on, the, letting the foot off the gas, that that's problematic to me. Um, we'll we'll continue this conversation in just a minute. First, I do have to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way uh, for you to get the uh, check on all your favorite games. Uh, obviously, football is big, basketball is big, and uh, Bet Online 
.net is your number one source for all of this. You can find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game. Uh, It's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. Live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It would have been interesting to me, and I can't check during the game, but uh, to see where the live betting lines move once Jalen Brown scores 16. I wonder what the over-under on him the rest of the way ended up being because he ended up finishing with what 24 points. So, but yeah, 24 points. And so you can go do that on bet online in all sports. Uh, obviously there's the world series going on. There are all these other sports, MMA boxing. Uh, I know there's some big events coming up there as well. Uh, you can head on over to the website today. You can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Now, thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Sports Today. It's our signature show here on the network. It's all the games that matter from the biggest with the most uh, important stories, the biggest stories in sports. You can go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. It's Lockdown Sports Today. It's available on this app, wherever you got your po- get this podcast, and it's on YouTube as well. So, Tom Westerholm, before... I uh, started and went on this this whole thing about the second the second unit or, or the second quarter. Um, th- at least they turned things around. At least they came back and turned things around. I, I I come out of this game feeling like better about certain things, but I also sit there and I say Bradley Beal didn't score a point until two minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go in the third quarter, and I say, hmm, if he if he had had a normal game. That second quarter might have gone a little bit differently, and we might be having a different conversation here. And I want to make sure that the Celtics are going into Cleveland for a rematch uh, in just a couple of days. They're they're going to – we'll see how focused they are to to go in there and do that. But uh, I just – I want to make sure that these guys are doing the effort things that they need to do because – you're not always going to have Malcolm Brogdon bailing you out in the third quarter. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's true. Although the, the part of the concept of this year's team is that generally speaking, you will have Malcolm Brogdon who can bail you yeah, out. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, also, I will say too, I just, to, just to, as an aside, like that Cleveland team is so good. Like they're, they're I, I, there's like, I think there's a lot to be said for that too. Um, just like, I, I wonder how ready the Celtics were for, for a team to be that good. And I think, the Celtics can certainly, I mean, it's not like the Cavaliers aren't like an unbeatable juggernaut, but I do wonder like, you know, how much of a surprise it was to just be like, oh, wow, this team is last year's team, but now they have Donovan Mitchell. This is, this is new. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there's, there's a lot, I think that when you watch this Wizards game, I think the thing that was most disturbing about that second quarter was how much it looked like the second quarter against the Bulls more so than, than the Cavs, right? Yeah, like that, yeah. um, you know, that big start and then, and then you come into the, and to the Celtics credit, they righted the ship. They, you know, they, they did all that stuff. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's actually the argument in favor of having your letdown in the second quarter. It gives you the third and fourth quarter to build that lead back up. The point. <laughs> so um, yeah. either, you know, either way, but yeah, I, I think, I think the Celtics are kind of learning their lessons. I think they, you know, the defensive rating in this one, uh, you know, if you filter out garbage time was 91.9, that's spectacular. You know, those are last year numbers. Certainly yep. Bradley Beal had a down game, but like, look, I, I, I increasingly I'm impressed by Jason Tatum's defense this year. I just think he's been phenomenal on that end um, a lot of the time. So 
I think they're I, I kind of side with Joel Missoula here. You know, he's kind of saying after the game, like, look, the defensive effort, it's you know, it's gonna be there. They'll get the they'll kind of get that end of things together. Um I'm I'm certainly not I, I agree with you that you want to see it consistently, but I'm certainly not gonna sit here and be worried about their defense at this stage, I guess. No, I'm not I'm not gonna be worried about their defense. Uh, you know, like rebounding is effort. And I want, right, I want right. to make sure that they're putting in the effort on defense uh, on that. I think defensively, I, I, I think I really do think a lot too much has been made about their their defense, uh, their their defensive issues. There, it's certainly concerning, but it's not like panic time, and it's not the whole game. Like they have stretches where their defense has been really, really great and or really, really good, competent to the level of. All right, this if they do this for this entire stretch before Robert Williams comes back, they're gonna be fine. Yeah, it's it's the it's the lapses where it's just they get you know blown by uh and 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 that like that that's where you start to have the the, the concerns. But in this game, the defense was was good, and the, that's something that is encouraging. Uh you see that turnaround. Um, you saw uh, a turnaround from you, – you got Grant Williams back. Uh, I'm just looking at some of these numbers here. Grant Williams. First of all, can we just talk? Yeah, just, I was going to say, I think we better have a conversation here. Can we just talk about Grant Williams showing up in full Batman costume? Like, okay, he came in with a Batman costume. Like, that's funny. Uh, you better You better have a good game if you're showing up after suspension – in your Batman costume, like okay, uh, that's good. And then he, he didn't he didn't have any other clothes with him. He showed up in full costume, so he's like, "Well, I got to leave in the costume." So he put the costume back on and did his post game media availability, which I have on my Twitter, by the way, John underscore Corrales. And the uh, the highlight of that was Jason Tatum in the middle of it, just goes because he's Jason Tatum is at his locker. And Grant is at the, you know, the spot in the front of the locker room. And he looks up and he's looking at, it. he's like, yo, what the F are you doing? Like, it was just one of these hilarious moments. But I guess Grant earned, earned the right to, to play Batman for a day. He was pretty good. Also, like I said, I'm like, I get why Tatum said that, right? Like I get like, you know, like Grant he was is, doing the whole growl thing. He was doing the Christian Bale. Oh yeah. Oh I'm yeah, it was this now. It, it was it was incredible stuff. I listen, like there's not enough people like Grant Williams out there who are willing to kind of like that that bit, it went on a little too long. It probably yes. didn't like entirely work, but at the same time, what a bit. And you have to commit to it. And he committed to it and he went for it. And like, you know what? We're all too afraid to be cringe, and Grant Williams is not afraid to be cringe. <laughs> He's afraid. I I love it. I shout out to Grant Williams. What a what a, what a bit. Um. Also, he played well in that. Uh, like you said, he had to because uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna growl like Batman to the media for your yeah. entire uh, your entire media availability, you uh, you better talk well or you better play well. So yeah, yeah. Credit to Grant Williams. So, also, I mean, also very unselfish on a couple of his plays. I thought he 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 really played a good game. Like he. You know, took threes yep. when he needed to, drove closeouts, passed out. I mean, really nice performance by him. All yeah, around. He, kind of, kind of like the exact type of performance you'd need from from a Grant Williams. Like he he shot well, four of six, two of three from three, three rebounds, three assists. That's really nice. Uh, so so yeah, you go ten points, but 
the 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 play of the game, aside from Luke Cornett's sidestep three, uh, was the Malcolm Brogdon touchdown pass to Grant Williams, which I mean, what a perfectly placed ball. Yeah. And what a catch. That was a that was a, a tight end running the go route and he caught it. And then the pass out to Sam Hauser was was perfect. That was beautiful. That was just yep. a beautifully executed play. But it, it, I don't know. It, at one point, I'm sitting. I'm sitting next to Steve Bulpet, who now works at Heavy.com, and he turns to me. and goes, "Is is this game not as good a game as I, I I think it? Like, is this just as bad a game as I think it is?" And it, it actually ended up being kind of like a not so great game. They had we had the big burst in the beginning. Second quarter was like, Bleh. third quarter was kind of meh. And then Malcolm Brogdon went off, and then the fourth quarter was kind of meh. Like it just didn't. Like there's, there's no, fl- there was no real flow. There was no flow. You know, like it was, it wasn't like it was. It's, it's, it's the type of game where the Celtics are a good team, the Wizards are not, even though they can't. They had the same record at the time. Uh, the the Wizards beat Indy and Detroit, so like <laughs> they get a couple of uh, like easier games on their schedule. So fine. Uh, the Celtics, not a great game, not a perfect game at all. And you, you do what you're supposed to do. You win by a fairly comfortable margin. The game, the 25-point lead was probably the more indicative result. But, you know, it's great. Like, you, you the storyline out of this is Tatum and Brown, hot start. Malcolm Brogdon, which was, was really nice. The nine straight points. And what did he finish with? 23? Yep. Uh, in the game. But, like, Jalen 24, Jason 23, Malcolm Brogdon 23. And that's it. You know, you get 10 from Grant, 7 from Marcus Smart, 9 from Sanhauser. You know, nice nice little performances. I don't think anybody had a bad game. I think guys either played okay or you had three great performances. And, you know, like Grant was like impressively like, you know, good, but not like, oh, my God, wow. It was, it was three wow performances. And a bunch of like, okay, did their jobs, did did a good job, and and even even guys like Derek White who you know didn't shoot well necessarily, but if he hits one more shot, he shoots fifty percent, and he has a great shooting night. You know, like Al Horford, two of seven. If he hits one more shot, he has a good shooting night. He's two of five. He's one of five from three. But if he hits one of those other threes, he goes from twenty percent to forty percent, and it's like, oh wow, forty percent from three. So it's. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is the type of game where you just say, "Okay, nice one, move on." Yeah, I think that's the large takeaway here. I think, you know, I, I would even challenge. You said that we had three wow performances. I mean, we had a, like a wow quarter from Jalen and Jason. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, no, it's true. You know, it's like, I, I mean, like th- those guys are capable of so much more than that. Uh, I think if you're if you're looking for like the big takeaways from this one, I feel like it's Sam Hauser played 23 minutes, Luke Cornett played 19 minutes. You know, Al Horford only played 23 and you won by 18. Like that's those are the big ones, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you got this early season game where you were able to really utilize the bench, get the get the bench guys, um, you know, some minutes, certainly like get those guys some experience. Let Sam Hauser go out there and just like just hit threes because that's that's all he does. And uh, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you, and you get your, you know, you, you get your guys some rest. And that's that's the big thing from a game that, like this. That, you just don't want to be putting like big miles on guys who are going to have big miles later in the year. And I think like there's there's going to be a, you know a rewatch of this game, and we can dive more into like some of the stuff from Sam Hauser. We can see because 
the, the thing about Hauser is he's got to play good enough defense to be able to stay on the floor. That's the important thing. And I think that's one of the things that against the Cavs, it didn't, it, it, you didn't see that. You, you have so much size out there. And we can talk a little bit about that Cavs game because the size really bothered the Celtics. And you can see in the first quarter of that game where Tatum and Brown were kind of tentative. They, they, they turned it on later on and, and started to attack. And that's where you got to see more Luke Cornett and, and, and a little less Malcolm Brogdon and, and a little less Derek White. And, and I think there's, there's certainly some decisions there lineup-wise that uh, we, we can d- debate whether, whether Joe Mazzula had the, the right lineups in there. But I think for Sam Hauser specifically – to, to finish off this point, he's got to be able to stay on the floor defensively. If he's, he doesn't score enough to justify keeping him out there for 20 minutes. If he's, if he's just going to turn into a a target defensively, if, if, and he will be targeted, but if he holds his own, then you can say, all right, well, he's going to, we're going to, we're going to keep him out there on the floor because he, he ends up being a net positive. He'll hit three three-pointers, but the nine points that he gives you off of those three three-pointers is, is meaningless if he's giving up 12 points on the other end. So he has to just stay competent. And in this game, he stayed competent. He stayed in front of Bradley Beal. He, he challenged – I think there was a, a possession there where he challenged Christoph Porzingis and took some, took some contact and did well. And all he has to be is competent on the defensive end. He was competent in this game. He was. I think one of the interesting things about him is that I, I think it's almost like when an opposing star gets switched onto him, even if he does things right and he still like has like a reasonable challenge, like a challenge that, you know, other people might like the guy still kind of make like seems to get like a rhythm against him. And you actually saw that on one of the switches with Beal. Um, Beal kind of um, kind of cooked him a little bit and hit like a mid-range jumper. I think it might have mm-hmm. been. Beal's first like make of the game was or like one first of his... make of the bass uh, first make in the late at the end of the third quarter it was yeah. a away from the right elbow yeah against Hauser right and and like and it's funny because I didn't even think Hauser defended it that poorly it's just like like Beal just looked like he was in rhythm and like Hauser yeah. you know couldn't couldn't really take him out of that rhythm at all and I think that's going to be kind of the interesting thing I think he does fine against you know any of like the the role players whatever but when you get some of some of these star guys who like you know just are kind of looking for Looking for a little bit of that rhythm, looking for for that for that bucket. I, I feel like uh, Hauser's going to be the guy that they try to go against. But you know, like you said, he gives you like I, I think you know he he gives you the, the scoring certainly, but he also gives you the spacing, right? Like that, it's it's that's you know big, yeah. that's big as well. So um, I think it's both things. It's going to be a balance. The Celtics have to try to you know figure out all year long. I think. Yeah, and you know, there's. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to have him out there. You're gonna have to have him spacing the floor. There's a reason why you you have him on the team, and the reason why the Celtics believed in him so much. And and absolutely, you have to have him out there. Is there a mental thing for a guy like Bradley Beal? And and I'll go back and look at the film a little bit, and I want to see the defense they played on him a little bit more closely. Yeah, they seem to do a really good job. Like he he was 0 for 12 at one point. And I think there's some of those shots were makeable shots, um, but he didn't just have a, a, a bad shooting night. The Celtics had a big hand in that shooting night. Oh, as the lights go down around me, luckily I got this ring light so I can still keep, if I wave my hands in the, nope, never mind. Uh, the, the fact is 
that, well, now I know that there's like a half hour timer on these lights in here. <laughs> uh, the, the fact is that the Celtics made things tough on him. And, but when, when a guy like Beal is struggling and then he sees Sam Hauser in front of him, even if Hauser plays good defense, there's, there's definitely a mentality there where you say, oh, okay, I got this guy. Exactly. And, for a guy who, for a guy who's been ha- like hounded and double teamed and get the ball taken out of his hands all night and had a rough night, and when he sees Hauser and he says, "Oh, good, I get to cook somebody," and like that, that allows him to relax and maybe hit that tough shot, like you said. Even though Hauser, I thought played it pretty well. It was fine, yeah. You know, it, and so what? So, but that's fine to me too. Like if Hauser's out there and he's, you know, like okay, yeah, there's this element to to the game where you don't want to give guys confidence inadvertently but if he's out there playing good defense then you got to keep him out there because of the spacing like you talked about and the impact that he has and and I thought I thought Hauser did did his job pretty well in, in this game so you know hey you went you nice win uh the Cavs game was uh just uh they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, but there were just so many missed chances there. The The fact that they let um, Karis LeVert corner crash twice to, to, to blow that lead in the fourth quarter yep. was, was really rough. And it, what, gets me, what gets me about that is that he had just done it. He had just crashed from the corner saved a, a, a possession and they got a layup out of it eventually there was no kind of like okay where's Karis Levert he's crashing from the corner and there was in the, one in the second quarter I forgot who got it but there was a corner crash from the second in the second quarter and I was like this again yeah the Celtics just have to be aware of this but the fact that in game in the in that Cleveland game they weren't they didn't pay attention to that and he he did it again, and then hit that three pointer. It's like, oh man, you are you kidding me? Like the awareness. Sometimes I swear the, these guys, they they just they let their guard down too much in such inopportune times. And that was Malcolm Brogdon. Like, you're better than that. And, and one of the weird things is like I understand when the Celtics like struggle on the offensive glass because they're going up against somebody who's big and they don't necessarily have the size right now and all that. That all makes sense. And this is just an eye test thing. I don't have like any stats on it, but it feels to me like they're letting a weird number of long rebounds go too, like like rebounds that just kind of bounce out and then somebody else gets to it. And it's like those ones, especially like to your point, that's all effort. That's just like, you just got to grab that or positioning or awareness. I don't even know. I mean, long rebounds are weird and sometimes they're random. Right. But like, I don't know. It just, it feels to me like it's not just, you know, the, the big guy who's, uh, you know, overpowering a guard who got switched onto him, you know, whatever. It's, right. It's not always that. Sometimes it is just these ones that kind of, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of shoot free, and and uh, an opposing guard picks it off instead of one of the bigs. Yeah, I think I think what ends up happening there's that there's there's the I think the perimeter defense they they get too many so many blowbys that when it's at the, when it's at its worst that somebody comes over to help and the guy who got burned isn't recovering right and there there's like a oh man i can't believe i just got beat like that there's no second effort to be like oh crap i just got beat like that let me go you know if if 
I'm Marcus Smart and I just got beat and Malcolm Brogdon's going to slide over. Where's where's that effort to get back and, and box that guy out? There's right. things like – and so many of these offensive rebounds, and I'll take a look at the video because I, I feel like that might be a, an interesting video to do. All, you see like two or three Celtics like underneath the basket or towards the baseline. Like the entire – uh, opposition has moved the Celtics so deep underneath the basket that there's no you can't even jump for the rebound that they're they have now gone to the front of the rim and the Celtics because of however poorly they've defended and rotated there are two or three guys that are just if you jump you'll hit your head on the bottom of the backboard so that, that's happening too often you, you you still have to be able to get position even if you get beat you still have to go out there and get position. Yep. Agreed. So, all right. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up. Uh, I think this is a good time to wrap it up, especially because the uh, cleaning crew came in and just shut the door on me. So <laughs> got to get out of this building. I was going to say, you, uh, you you were looking for the right room. I'm not sure you found it. <laughs> I'm not sure I found it. I, I think I might live here now, Tom. <laughs> this might be my home now. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to subsist off of uh, leftover popcorn and some uh, half-drunk San Pellegrinos. So, you got a you got a new friend directly behind you. Um, that that creepy yeah, clown. Yep, I have no problem. Uh, I'm going to sleep here with this creepy clown looking at me and a bunch of skeletons. I'm sure I will su- suffer no emotional damage from this. So, uh, thanks, Tom Westerholm, Westerholm, for hopping on a rare postgame podcast. Appreciate you. All right, and thank you for listening and watching to the show. I appreciate you doing so. Hey, don't forget now, now that this show is done, go check out Locked On Sports today. It's all the big stories from across the sports world, not just the NBA. You want to get caught up on the day in sports. This is the way to do it. So check out Locked On Sports today on this app, on YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening to your shows. I hope you have uh, stuck around this long. That means you have uh, enjoyed the show and you are willing to subscribe and uh, subscribe on YouTube and share the video, share the, the audio, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.